Time to get off the schneid. The Oklahoma Sooners get set to face the Kansas Jayhawks in Norman on Saturday at 11 a.m. We're going to talk you through the uniform situation, what Oklahoma has to do to get the win, and we'll have our Big 12 and a couple of bonus game picks of the week on today's episode of Locked on Sooners. You are Locked on Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between the Oklahoma Sooners and the Kansas Jayhawks right on Sling. Sling the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. His name is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Josh, we've got a new alternate uniform for the Oklahoma Sooners. Look at that if you're watching along on YouTube. If you're not subscribed over there, well, go do that. Just search Locked On Sooners. I, I love these, man. Anthracite uniforms. We thought maybe... This day would not come for Oklahoma football. And yet here we go. Call them gray. Call them black. What do you think? You know, interlocking OU with the uh, red stripe across the top, which is familiar, right, to what we've seen in the past with the bring the wood uniforms. I love the little shoulder uh, stripes right there with the state emblem patched in. So, man, in terms of alternate uniforms, I was never a big fan of the bring the wood alternate uniforms. I think Oklahoma with these unity uniforms, these alternates here, I think they got it right, man. I think they knocked it out of the park in, you know, the message itself, right? Uh, and maybe I should let you tee off on some of that, John, but the, the message behind the uniforms I think is fantastic. But then just, you know, the simplistically, the uniforms themselves, I think they look great. Yeah, I, I concur. This is a fantastic look that has some depth and it has some meaning. It's not just an alternate uniform. This is something that's been in the works for several years now. Former players, uh, current members of the kind of Oklahoma Leadership Council through the Soul Mission, Caleb Kelly was kind of spearheading this thing. The idea being creating unity on campus among the athletic departments to promote that campus-wide in a way to also honor and pay tribute to Prentice Gout, who was the first black football player on scholarship for the Oklahoma Sooners. You couldn't have done it better and you couldn't have made it more meaningful than what they did. I think this was the case where if you're going to do something different, if you're going to stray from tradition, you, you got to get it right. And I think they did. I think they hit a, a home run. You talked about the look of it. I really like where they inserted the anthracite. I think in an anthracite jersey and pants, I, I would not have liked that as much. But to use it as the helmet with the black jersey, the black pants, with the crimson kind of outlines and, and details, to me, that it just made a fantastic look for them. Um, I, I love just the unity on the back of the jersey. Like we always talk about, you know, you're playing for the, 
the name on the front, not the name on the back. Well, now you're playing for the name on the front and the name on the back. You cannot promote a more a more important message kind of right now just in our country, I feel like, not to get overly political, but it's something that I think everybody notices, right? That the, we're a country that's very heavily divided across you know, political boundaries. And whether you're on one side or the other, ultimately you're part of the United, United States of America. And there's going to be differences of opinion across all kinds of, you know, ideologies and, and issues. And, and that that's real and that's, that's okay. But what we need to, to, to try to remember is that we're, we're still one people and we, we still have a purpose and we can be stronger when we're together. And I, and I love the message. I'm very much a, a proponent of unity where, whether it's in my church background, whether it's in my political background, I, I really, I want us to be together and have relationship even though we might be different, we can still kind of be of, of one heart behind everything, just, just trying to be one and be together. So I love it. And then obviously honoring Prentice Gout, who was a phenomenal player during the Bud Wilkinson era, uh, not just kind of being the Jackie Robinson of Oklahoma football, but he was a, well, he was a very good player in his own right too. Um, made a big impact on those Bud Wilkinson teams. And so I love it. I, I think, for the most part, the response that I've seen on social media has been overwhelmingly positive. Obviously, there's going to be people that that don't like something about it, and that's okay. You're allowed to have your opinion about it and and disagree, and, and that's okay. Uh, I think some people might have liked the Rough Riders or the the Bring the Wood alts. That's okay too. But for me, and I think for Josh, and we both love this one. I think it's an alternate uniform that makes sense, and again, it has depth, it has heart, it has meaning to it other than just being an alternate uniform. Well said on all of those accounts. I would just say on the, the unity itself front, great message for a football team, right? I mean, great message to, hey, play is one. This We're in this thing together. But obviously I know it's bigger than that. And you mentioned the United States. Man, to me, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, obviously, uh, you know, has to do with race relations. But I think it's even bigger than that, man. It's like, this is, this is one human people, right? You know, bigger than even the United States of America, just being unified, uh, you know, globally. So love the uni unity message. I think that's great too. I'm with you. Just some Prentice uh, got facts here for you. This is what I was searching up on my phone. So apologize for that. Uh, but uh, via my man over at uh, KREF, I think Tyler put this all together. Obviously we know first black player to uh, play at Oklahoma uh, also was the, the first to play in an Oklahoma All-State football game where he won the MVP, two-time All-Big 8 uh, player at Oklahoma, academic All-American, 1959 Orange Bowl, most valuable player. He's in the Orange Bowl Hall of Fame, played eight years in the National Football League, and oh, by the way, Prentice got his doctorate degree as well. So very, very accomplished individual. And has a, a postgraduate scholarship named after him as well. So. A, a key figure in Oklahoma Sooners history. And if, again, if you're going to go after an alternate uniform, did a great job, hit it out of the park. We're going to start breaking down Kansas. we got a football game to talk about. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Upside. Upside is a great way to get in on fantasy football under the college football season. It's easy to play, easy to get started over at Underdog. I've been playing with Underdog for several years now at the pro level, playing best ball pickums. But you can go and you can decide, okay, hey, I'm going to look at, let's say, Kyler Murray's passing yardage total for this weekend or Hendon Hooker for Tennessee. 
Anthony Richardson for Florida. You can go find those passing yardage totals. Decide, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the over on this one. I'm going to take the under. That's your decision. They got all the over-unders. They got touchdowns and passing yards, total yards, rushing yards, whichever way you want to go with it. They've got it covered over at underdog.com. Again, it's easy to play and available in over 30 states. If you're in Oklahoma, which I am, it's available for you as well. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, not the, just the Oklahoma Sooners, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. So sign up with promo code locked on, one word locked on, and you an underdog will double your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. That's right, they'll dub they'll double your deposit of one hundred dollars up to one hundred dollars. So go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the app store, Google Play Store. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code locked on. Get it. Get in on the college football pick 'em action today at underdog.com. Underdogfantasy.com. <laughs> So Josh, Kansas Jayhawks football is here. The best way to wipe away all of the hard feelings from the Red River showdown is to come out Saturday and play a competitive football game. Even better would be to win said football game. The number 20, according to the USA Today uh, coaches poll, number 19 in the AP top 25, Kansas Jayhawks coming to Norman as an underdog, even though they're the ranked team. We've kind of talked about it a little bit on this show that it's surprising that Oklahoma is getting nine points or sorry, laying nine points. They're a nine point favorite as they face a Kansas Jayhawks team. That's five and one while Oklahoma is on this three game skid and not playing really good football. I don't want to say must win because we're kind of out of that must win territory. But for me, this game has this must com be competitive feel to it. Like it can't be another blowout. Otherwise, I think the panic mode will be even further set in for a lot of people, but it, it'll be harder and harder to find patience with what's going on right now if it's another blowout. Well, and then you got to sit there, John. We've already been stewing on bad defense and kind of all around bad football at times. You know, ever since, you know, even before Dylan Gabriel was concussed, in the TCU game, I'm not breaking any news to you, but he had missed a couple of throws, and offensively, it wasn't just a, you know, light the house on fire start for Oklahoma offensively versus TCU, right? There were some struggles to start that football game. So with that in mind, man, you've already, again, stewed on that. You've already thought about that. We've had to – you and I have had to sit here and talk about this with our, our incredible Sooner fans, right, that have been in the comments and going through this, riding this thing out with us. So while we've – been dealing with it for three weeks. Guess what? You lose this game to Kansas and you got a bye week to think about the fact that you're on a four game losing streak, right? So, I mean, I just think, yeah, what you're talking about, just trying to be competitive, make, make that step one, right? And then step two is obviously to go win the football game. But man, if you don't get yourself into the win column, then all of a sudden, yeah, a lot of the things that we've talked about this season just being really potentially a lost season and you can make the argument it already is that though I think there's ways to at least salvage something from it but man you lose to Kansas and you're on a 0-4 start in Big 12 play with the bye week and it's going to be it's going to start to be first of all hard to find wins anywhere the rest of the way for Oklahoma but then beyond that man just yeah what are you taking what are you getting out of this season and uh, just the mental fabric of this team going into obviously the bye week it's wild to be sitting here 
on Locked On Sooners. My my, I'm in my third year hosting this show now, and talking about hoping that this team can just be competitive against Kansas. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone a little bit, and it, it's hard to wrap my brain around that that reality. Yes, it's the first year of the Brent Venables era. It's the f- you know big turnover on both sides of the football, coaching staff turnover, quarterback turnover. And still, it sits really weirdly within me to be talking about a Kansas Jayhawks team that's ranked Oklahoma's not a a team that is playing much better football than the team that you root for and are sitting here watching this to get our analysis on. That said, I think this could be the week that they finally turn things around. I don't know why. I I don't have any like basis of of fact or objective opinion on this just my gut instinct is that they somehow some way turn things around play better defense this week and come away with a win i I do think it'll be a close game and we'll talk about our predictions later but i mean kansas's offense is great i mean they're one of the best offenses in the country they're averaging over 440 yards per game i mean they're scoring a ton of points uh And that's been kind of the Achilles heel for the Oklahoma Sooners right now is that they have not been able to keep opponents out of the end zone. Uh, The Kansas Jayhawks are currently 19th in the country at 38.8 points per game. Uh, Some teams right around them that might give you a little bit of concern. Uh, Georgia sitting at number 17, Clemson at number 18. Oh, and the Texas Longhorns tied with Kansas at 38.8 points per game. So trouble is potentially brewing for the Oklahoma Sooners. They haven't been able to stop Adrian Martinez in Kansas state. They weren't able to stop Max Duggan and TCU. They weren't able to slow down Quinn Ewers and the Texas Longhorns. Yes. Jalen Daniels has been the key factor in Kansas's start to the season, but Jason Bean is no slouch at quarterback either. He threw for four touchdowns over 260 yards last week against TCU. And so I think this is going to be a game where Oklahoma's defense is going to be tested yet again by another really good big 12 offense. And if they're not able to kind of get out of this funk that they're in and start stringing together some stops, it could be a, just another long day for Oklahoma. Well, and Jason Bean, those numbers that you're talking about primarily in the second half versus TCU. So he really, he played, I think his finest game as a collegiate quarterback last week in the second half versus TCU. I mean, he did some nice things versus Oklahoma a year ago. But, uh, you know, for some pretty good portions and stretches of that game, John, I mean, it was 10 to nothing at halftime, right? For all of the problems of that game, really was offensively more than anything where a lot of your struggles were in the Kansas game. Oklahoma found stretches of success versus being in uh, last year's Oklahoma-Kansas game to wind up rallying and going on to win the thing. So easily to me, the best football of Jason Bean's career was played last week. So he comes into Norman on an uptick against an Oklahoma defense that, yeah, is kicking and screaming for the opportunity to just be competent, right? And I'll just – I'll clue you into this. I – you know, because just in case you're going to ask me for keys to the game, I wrote down one key for myself, and I think it's the most important key to the game, right? Because if you gave me the three pathways to why Oklahoma would win this game, number one would be simply Dylan Gabriel's back, right? Number two would be – well – 
you, you get to come home to Norman, Oklahoma. So that's a positive for, for OU. And number three would be Jason Bean's playing quarterback for Kansas, right? So does that allow you to sell out against the run and force him to be a passer, make Kansas a little bit more one-dimensional? OU's not been able to really do that against anybody in Big 12 play. And, you know, if you're making people one-dimensional versus the run for Oklahoma, that's not been a good recipe for the Sooners, right? So my big key for Oklahoma in this game, John, because I can no longer go with the cliche crutch, stop the run, because I don't believe this team can stop the run. Be competent. Be competent against the run. I'm not asking for you to go out there and completely shut out Devin Neal and Jason Bean. It's not possible right now. It doesn't appear to be possible for this defense. Just be competent. Yeah, don't be the 122nd ranked run defense going up against the number 16, sorry, the, yeah, the number 16 ranked rush offense. Like, meet somewhere in the middle. Kansas is you know, running for 215 yards per game. The Oklahoma Sooners are allowing 214.5 yards per game. So basically right on par with each other. That's not a great recipe for success for the Oklahoma Sooners, but if you can meet in the middle somehow at like 150, 160, 70 yards rushing, then I think you have a little bit better chance of winning this game. But if Kansas is able to do what the previous three teams have done, and that's run for more than 200 yards, a couple of those teams rushing for nearly 300 yards, then it's going to be a, a long, long day. And I think that's that. I mean, you hate to say it, like, but stopping the run, that's a huge key. And you're not going to be able to stop it completely. But if you can slow it down a little bit, if you can slow down the big gains, the big gashes, and – Another key, just be better on third down. Like you got Texas into several third down situations last Saturday, but you weren't able to get off the field. It didn't matter the down and distance. Texas, they found a way to convert at a 66% clip. You got to be better. You got to get that closer to 40, 50% at least to have a chance to, to help your offense. And offensively, you've got to control the football. I know Jeff Levy wants to play fast. I know they want to play up tempo. You just can't do it. You just can't do it this year. Your defense does not give you the opportunity to play fast because they're having to sit on the field for so long on these long extended drives because they're not giving up big plays, but they're giving up a lot of like seven yard passes, six yard runs, stuff that's allowing teams to continue to move the chains. So offensively, you got to help your defense out a little bit and control the football. You can play fast without having to snap the ball quickly. Playing fast just means get to the line of scrimmage and then make the other team sit there and wait on you. Like you don't have to get there, snap it within five seconds of getting to the line of scrimmage. You can run the clock down, control the clock a little bit. Yeah, that kind of takes away from a little bit of what you're trying to do and that you want to snap the ball quick and run a lot of plays, but running a lot of plays is not helping your defense right now. So Dylan Gabriel, Jeff Levy, just got to slow the game down a little bit. Kind of go to the Peyton Manning style of offense where you do – run a hurry up, but it's hurry up and wait. Like we're going to hurry up. We're going to get to the line of scrimmage, get our play call in and then wait. We're going to see what the defense is going to show us and then take our time snapping the ball, get our, get our checks in, get our adjustments in. And then five seconds left on the play clock, snap the ball. Let's take as much time as we can control the football, give your defense a bit of a breather, especially if it's going poorly, which it could against Kansas. Just slow the game down a little bit. I think it's smart what you're saying, man. Lean on your own run game, right? I mean, 
use Eric Gray, use these running backs you've got, and chew up yardage, chew up drives, chew up plays, and ultimately chew off some of that clock for Kansas. You know, I mean, I think that's the the mark of great coaching is adjusting to the situation and adjusting to the personnel that you've got. Right now, the situation and the personnel that Oklahoma's got is a defense that is leaking like a sieve. And as many times as you can try and limit the amount of, uh, you know, series that they're going to be on the football field, I think you got to take every opportunity. If you're Jeff Levy, you got to try and take that approach. If you you granted you were granted the opportunity, just real quick on the third downside for Kansas, uh, you know, you mentioned that's going to be a big key, and it's a key in every game. But man, I, I, I knew this, but I had forgotten where Kansas ranked nationally. They are so good, man, converting on third down offensively. 55% of the time right now, Kansas is converting. That's number four nationally. And, and I know that, you know, obviously most of that is with Jalen Daniels, but that at least tells you that the infrastructure is in place for the Jayhawks to where they're good on the money down. And, well, we know that Oklahoma's not been good on the money down. So that's, again, you start talking about the matchup within the matchup here. Statistically, John, Oklahoma, can they be any better rushing defense? And can they be any better third down conversion percentage defense. That's, I mean, probably probably going to decide the game right there. Yeah, Oklahoma allows the, uh, offenses to convert on third down at 47 is what I saw. Sorry, is, 44, 44.7% of the time, basically 50%. Number. And so, I mean, that's 116th in the country. Like the numbers are not adding up to be a good time for the Oklahoma Sooners on defense. The thing that gives... Oklahoma hope is you get your quarterback back. You get Dylan Gabriel back. And Kansas, they can be they can be had on defense. Their defense is not great. Uh, you know they're allowing a lot of teams to score a lot of points as well. And so if Oklahoma is going to have a chance in this football game, it's that their their offense is going to score. Um, you know we've seen Kansas a lot this year playing some some big games, but they're allowing twenty six point three three points per game, um, allowing a lot of yardage, and so. You get Dylan Gabriel back, your offense, your run game, I feel like your run game has been pretty good throughout the year. I mean, even over the last couple of weeks when, you know, last week you had to run a lot of Wildcat, Eric Gray is still averaging 6.7 points per game, which is pretty good. Um, and so that's where you've got an opportunity to have a good week this week against the Kansas Jayhawks is if your offense can play efficient, get some consistency going, with Dylan Gabriel at quarterback, then it gives you a much better chance to win this game. No Dylan Gabriel. All bets are kind of off at that point. So, all right. Looking ahead to anything else you want to kind of mention on the Jayhawks before we just kind of start getting into our picks. Well, obviously, I mean, just upstart program. Lance Leipold's done a tremendous job. And, uh, you know, right now going into the thing, you got to say that the coaching advantage would be, uh, would be on the side of the Kansas Jayhawks. And I know we had a ton of respect for Coach Leipold and what he did at Wisconsin Whitewater, the national championships he won there. But even with all of that, in the strong finish to last season, and it being Britt Vittable's first year, you know, you get into like some of the ESPN FBI numbers, and Oklahoma is now only favored to win just this game the rest of the way, according to ESPN's football power index. Having said all of that, you know, probably I would have had Vittable's favorite in the coaching matchup going into this thing too, right? If we start thinking about like what predictions were before the season and where they're at now. And, you know, obviously I don't think you can say that anymore. 
No, going into this, I think Lance Leipold definitely has a, a significant advantage. Um, I mean, I just, he's been really good for Kansas over the last you know two years, what he's built this program into in basically a year and a half's time. Remember, he did not get a full spring with that team uh, a year ago. He came in after spring, took over, and has done a tremendous job uh, coaching that team. So, and that's why he's on kind of the short list for every major opening right now, especially in the Big Ten. A, a guy who's going to get a lot of offers, uh, and you kind of hope for Kansas' sake that he doesn't go anywhere, but you never know. You never know what's going to happen. So, all right, let's talk picks. Let's talk predictions. We've got three more, or sorry, two, yeah, three more Big 12 games. Baylor, West Virginia has already finished. The West Virginia Mountaineers basically knocked Baylor out of Big 12 contention. They picked up their second loss of the season. Sure, they could still get back into things, but that was kind of a death knell uh, for them having lost to Oklahoma State already on the season. So Big 12 games, we've got a couple uh, big-time national games that we're going to talk about as well. All the odds and the info comes courtesy of Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest place to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. Let's start with this one. This is Texas facing Iowa State. Iowa State's defense is playing fantastic this year, like really, really good. And Texas is favored by 15 and a half. The over under is 48 and a half. Josh, how do you lean in this one? It's a tailor made letdown game for the Texas Longhorns, right? You just pounded Oklahoma into submission. There's a lot of nice things being said about Quinn Ewers, about the Longhorns coming on the heels of, again, routing Oklahoma down uh, at the Red River game. I like what Iowa State does defensively, man. I think they're one of the best defenses in the Big 12, and I do expect them to give Quinn Ewers and Texas some problems. Ultimately, for me, man, I, I probably am leaning Iowa State to cover the number or be right there close to covering the number. I just don't, man, think with Hunter Deckers, and even though I love Xavier Hutchinson – I just don't think there's enough offense. I haven't seen enough offense from Iowa State, and I've seen a Texas defense that, frankly, has played pretty good football outside of uh, the game down in Lubbock for the most part of this season. So I don't think Texas is covering this game. I expect it to be a lower-scoring game, but uh, I do like the the Longhorns to uh, wind up winning this thing. I'll say something in the neighborhood of 27-13. to 13. I think comfortable victory for Texas, but low scoring all around. Yeah. 27 is kind of the number that I'd come up with for Texas, but I do think that they'll hold Iowa state to like 10 in this one. You know, there'll be a few drives that Hunter Deckers gets going, but he probably get, finds himself getting intercepted. Um, but I just think, you know, Quinn Ewers, Bajon Robinson, Xavier Worthy, they're just too much, you know, as good as uh, Kansas state is offensively, they don't have that wide receiving threat that Texas has or the big tight end threat that Texas has and JT Sanders as well. So I like Texas to be able to score enough points to cover the spread on this one, even though it is what would I would say is a big spread against a good Iowa state defense. I do think that they find a way to win by a little bit more than two touchdowns in this one. All right. The next big 12 matchup that we've got to talk about. It's the one, the matchup of the undefeateds. This is TCU hosting the Oklahoma state Cowboys, two top 15 programs going to battle in Fort Worth. Uh, right now, TCU is favored by three and a half points, and the over-under is 69. Yeah, and I think it's going over the, the point spread because based on what I saw from Oklahoma State versus aforementioned uh, Texas Tech, man, I'm, I'm concerned about some of the things I've seen defensively 
from Oklahoma State. They're, they're very up and down. I think they have some star power up front along the defensive line, but kind of maybe everywhere else, y- you don't always know what you're going to get from the Cowboys. And I, I, the way Max Duggan is playing right now, the fact that it's in Fort Worth, the skill talent, uh, you know, starting in the backfield and then obviously going to the Quentin Johnstons of the world for TCU – Horn Frogs are going to score points, man. And this is, to me, obviously uh, one of the national games of the week. Clearly the best Big 12 game this week. But I think, again, right there for top billing, really in college football in general this week. This could be a preview of the Big 12 championship game. You know, these two teams could play this one this weekend and then rematch in the Big 12 championship game. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I'm going to stick with Spencer Sanders and Oklahoma State to win a score thon but uh, I don't feel great about it. I do think that it's very likely that TCU could win this game outright. Obviously, they're favored according to uh, the bet online numbers. But I'm saying 38-35, Oklahoma State finds a way to leave Fort Worth unbeaten. Yeah, I like the over in this one as well. I think both teams score a bunch of points. I just love the way that TCU's defense is playing. Like they're playing really physical and they're playing fast. Now they're not limiting teams to 10 points like Iowa state is, but I think they're, they're playing, they're making enough plays. And I think they'll do that against Oklahoma state. Oklahoma state's defense is really good. Their offense is really good as well. They're a really balanced team, complete team. I don't know. There's just something going on in TC right now where they've just got the magic working and that's not great analysis to just kind of talk about the intangibles that are going well, but between Duggan and Kendry Miller and Quentin Johnston, they've got a good kind of like what we talked about with Texas. They've got a really good trio of, of, of skill players. That's playing really good. The offensive line played really physical against Oklahoma, just blowing people off the ball. And if they're able to do that to Oklahoma state, even a little bit, I think they find a way to win this game. Okay. The two national games before we get to Oklahoma, Kansas, the big one, this one's got some Oklahoma ties to it. It's uh, Alabama traveling to Knoxville to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. Alabama is a seven-point favorite, and this one's got an over-under of 65 and a half. Uh, Bryce Young, there's still some question as to whether or not he's going to play in this game. And I think he's going to play, right? I mean, it would be a shock if Bryce Young is not out there in this game for Alabama. If he's not, I don't think Alabama's winning the game. If he is, I think Alabama's going to find a way – to wind up winning this game close, maybe by a couple of scores if they get like a late turnover that sets up the second score or something. I think it's going to be a fantastic football game, but I think it's going to be the prototypical, you're not quite there yet, Tennessee game, if if Bryce Young plays. I'm going to go with the Matt. I'm going to go with Hypo, man. I, I don't know. There's something cooking again there in Knoxville. Again, not great analysis, but I love Hendon Hooker. He's just been fantastic this year, both throwing the football and running. His game against Florida just a few weeks back was phenomenal. Uh, the dude is getting a lot of Heisman buzz now, and this is his opportunity to kind of make one of those, you know, midseason Heisman magic moments. And, uh, you know, if you got in on him uh, during the offseason like I did, then you're kind of liking where things are standing right now. He was plus 5,000 for the Heisman uh, in the offseason. That number has gone up to plus 700 now. So it's shrunk to plus 700. So he, he's really done a lot of really good things. I don't know. It just seems like the, the time for Alabama to be right for the picking a little bit. I, I think – even if Alabama is able to come away and win this game, I do think it's a close scoring game. So give me Tennessee plus the points, uh, but I'm not sure exactly. I like Tennessee to win it at home in front of what's going to be a really raucous crowd there. And then I think this is another one that 
probably has a good chance to go over as well. Okay, the other national game, this one with some Oklahoma ties as well. This is a USC traveling to Utah to take on the Utes. Utah is favored by three and a half points, which when you're a home team and you're getting three or three and a half, that means you're basically uh, an even favorite for, for this game. So the over-under is 52 and a half. What do you think, Josh? Should be a fantastic game. I'm going, though, with uh, kind of what we thought before the season. I'm taking Utah to win the game. Uh, you know, Caleb Williams, the weapons for USC, obviously gives you some pause there. And I think if USC gets through this game, I mean, there's a chance they might get through the regular season unbeaten. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Utah is going to get them behind uh, what will be a raucous environment, a program in Utah that obviously is defending as the conference champion. And this is kind of their moment against the other perceived power or one of them in the, the Pac-12 to sort of prove that they're still that. And I think they find a way to, to get that done. The turnover that has – the turnover mojo that's been happening for Alex Grinch and USC. I think that runs out a little bit this weekend versus Utah, who is historically good at taking care of the football. I think we see that in this game, uh, probably more defensive than, than maybe uh, some people would expect with some of the skill talent that USC has. I'm going to say 27, 24 Utah finds a way to grind this football game out. So they don't cover the spread, but you like them to win outright. Straight up. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We've been waiting for the Lincoln Riley slip game, right? Like it seems like every year at Oklahoma, there was a game that was a letdown and he's been really close several weeks, whether it was Oregon state or this past week against Washington state, I believe it was, uh, they, they played a lot of close games recently. Well, this is the one that kind of jumps up and bites them. The Utah Utes. They're just a really sound team. Fundamentally, they play really strong defense and offensively, they run the football really, really well. I, like Josh said, I, I like Utah in this one. I think it's going to be like 24-20. Give me Utah to cover the spread and win outright as well. Um, I 24-20. I don't think that they're going to hit the over, though. I think this is going to be a really uh, tightly contested football game. And that brings us to Oklahoma-Kansas, the one you've been waiting for. Oklahoma, a nine-point favorite in this one. The over-under is 62-and-a-half. Take it away, Josh. I don't know that I can pick Oklahoma to cover a spread at this point in the season, given the way the last three weeks have played out. I might not be able to pick Oklahoma to win this football game. Now, I've been telling you all week, Oklahoma is going to find a way into the winner's column, in large part, again, because of the return of Dylan Gabriel. This offense is not as in tatters, not as broken as sort of the perception has been coming out of the last two weeks versus TCU and Texas. I think the Texas game, you just toss that one offensively and throw it away into the trash, forget about it. I don't think it's indicative of who Oklahoma is offensively at all. So I expect Oklahoma to play much, much better offensively this week at home versus Kansas. In Kansas, like you said, they can get got defensively, and I think Oklahoma's skill talent is going to do that. I am concerned, even with a backup quarterback, for Kansas defensively, what that's going to look like for the Sooners. I expect Oklahoma to give up points in this game. I expect Devin Neal to have plenty of running lanes in this game. Same for being the quarterback. Uh, I expect Bean to be able to drop back and make some throws on Oklahoma. So I'm not going to pick Oklahoma to cover the spread. I can't do that. I'll say plenty of points, 37-31 Oklahoma. It's a thrill-a-thon, but uh, OU finally back into the win column. Yeah, and I'm kind of leaning that way as well. And Call me a homer, but it just feels like this is the week where Oklahoma gets gets things going again. 
I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's it's going to resemble to me that Kansas State game from last year where Oklahoma plays really efficiently offensively. The defense kind of gives up some scoring drives here and there. Uh, and and maybe Kansas kind of makes a, a late run in this one to make it closer than what it actually is. But yeah, I don't I don't like Oklahoma to cover the nine points, but I do like Oklahoma to win the one win this game. Something like kind of similar to you about a seven point differential, four to seven point differential. So I'm thinking like 34, 30 of, you know, something like that. I think special teams is going to be huge yet again. Maybe this is the week that Jalil Farouk breaks one and gets a big touchdown return. But I do think this, the defense kind of picks some things up a little bit. They get a little bit better, not great, but you start seeing them make some stops a little bit more consistently in this week. Uh, they'll have their struggles. I mean, this is a really good offense from Kansas. It's not going to get slowed down. It's not going to get, automatically just shut down because Jason Bean's played really good football this year. So it's going to be a tightly contested football game. Oklahoma comes out the winner, at least we think, and we hope as well. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to also subscribe to one of your other favorite sports teams. We've got them covered here on the Locked On Podcast Network, whether it's the St. Louis Cardinals or the Kansas City Chiefs, the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Stars, NHL hockey getting underway now. Dallas Mavericks. I'm also a big Mavericks fan. I love listening to those guys over at Locked On Mavs. So make sure you check out another great Locked On podcast. Until next time, when we'll break down everything that transpired in Oklahoma's matchup with Kansas, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then. Boomer Sooner. <laughs>